Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good morning. It is Tuesday, August 15th. It's five minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. We appreciate you doing that. His name is Rob Kendall. You can find him on Twitter, Rob M. Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. You can find me there as well. Casey Daniels 317. And we're both on YouTube right now typing Kendall and Casey into the YouTube search bar. What is it you're wanting to do? You're wanting to go Are you talking about the 107th annual Lincoln Day Dinner in Jefferson County, Kentucky? Yes. Why would you... So Lincoln Day Dinners are Republican functions, Mm -hmm. usually in Indiana. Every county has one. It is kind of their big fundraiser. Mm -hmm. There's usually, uh, you know, a meal of some sort. (laughs) A rubber chicken. Maybe a a cash bar Mm -hmm. of some sort. And they get a speaker to come in to... Bore, I, bore, I mean, wow you with their their uh, whatever. And mm-hmm. it's usually a politician of some sort. Yeah. And I've been to many of these, and I can't think of too many that I left over the years, certainly as an adult, once I figured out what was going on, where I didn't want to just shoot myself between the eyes. It's a money grab is what you're saying. Well, it, it is. It's like the social aspect of it is fine, but there's never a speech. You know, there's never a tear down this wall type of speech where you're running out of there ready to storm the Bastille. Yeah. Uh, But you are totally enamored with going to this one in Kentucky for some reason. Yeah, it's coming up on Wednesday, August 23rd, and it's at the Kentucky Exposition Center. And the reason that I'm interested in this one is because Rand Paul is going to be there, but Mm -hmm. the speaker is going to be Riley Gaines. Oh. And that may be one that you would leave pretty motivated. So this is a true story. When I was doing talk radio in North Carolina, this was when, and this will be a total total name from the past, Carrie Prejean was a big deal. And people may remember her. She was the beauty contest- contestant who said marriage was between a man and a woman. And she became all of the... You know, the big deal was the media darling of the moment. Yeah, you've got to get Carrie Prejean to speak at your event. And so... Uh, I was in my early 20s at the time, and this may shock you, Casey, but a well-assembled blonde woman speaking at a political event was something that I desired to go partake and be a part of. And she was speaking at some event in Raleigh, I think it was, which was like two hours from where I, where my radio station was located at. And I was friends with the people who were putting on the event that they had paid her some absorbent sum of money to come speak at. And I interviewed her as part of the thing and then listened to her speak. And uh, I remember the entire time in both the interview and the speech thinking, wow, there really isn't much there. (laughs) Like, I mean, she has a, you You know, disappointed. Well, I mean, this person has a nice core set of beliefs Mm -hmm. and she was very bold in her statement of what she believed marriage was, which was a huge deal in 2008, 2009, whenever this was. And And that's fine and wonderful. But the, and the left does this too. In politics, we tend to latch on to the thing of the moment or the person of the moment And look, Riley Gaines is probably a very articulate person. She's very passionate about her beliefs that men should not be involved in women's sports. But it's sort of like the Robert F. Kennedy thing that we talked about last hour, where if you get enamored with someone based on their um, 
one thing, a core, one core thing, you're really doing yourself a disservice because life is about a lot more than just one thing. And so I wonder if you're going to pay to see Riley Gaines speak, what what sort of depth is there? And maybe somebody will go to this who listens. We do have listeners in Kentucky. Maybe somebody will go and can report back. But what sort of depth is there outside of that thing? Because the only thing I've heard her in all these things she does is this one thing, which is an important thing. Don't get me wrong. But if you're going to be a guest speaker at a large public gathering politically, don't you have to have more than one thing? Yeah, okay, but that's what she's known for. It's going to be in Kentucky, and that's where she went to school. That's I, where this all happened. So I, I think that would be a very electric. And afterwards, this is on August 23rd, they're going to have a debate watch party that's going to begin immediately following the dinner. But... Alas, I won't be able to go to this Lincoln Day dinner in Louisville because, as you know, I entered the drawing to win that trip to go to the debate with Ron DeSantis. (laughs) And you'll be be winning, no doubt. And clearly, I I have full confidence that I'm going to win that. Uh, By the way, I got another text from him this morning. He said, hey, Casey, it's Ron DeSantis here because... Clearly, it's sure, absolutely. Ron DeSantis crafting this text. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, I want to fight for the issues that matter to Ooh. the American people, not throw phony and juvenile insults, which is, of course, <laughs> oh, a dig at Donald oh, Trump. And no. then, can I count on your support? Where he goes on to ask for more money. Okay, but let's get back to the Riley Gaines thing. Yeah. Because this is, and I'm always fascinated because um, this, like I said, happens a lot. Kev, you're a, you're a musician. You'll appreciate this. You see this all the time in music where some group will come out with a, a a big song. And oh my gosh, this song is the number one song and it goes up the charts and whatever. But then that's it. Like what else if you go see, who is that? Uh, oh goodness gracious, now I'm going to be terribly forgetful of... Um, Whatever. There's a million of these types of people out there. I was getting ready to say the Oneaters, whoever. <laughs> yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> There's a gajillion of these people who have the one hit, and then it's like, uh-huh. oh my gosh, you know. Yeah. The one about driving off the bridge. I don't care. You, oh, you that know, was, I know who you're talking. You know, who I'm like talking a about. Swedish group. Yes, yes. And it's like, what else would you see them in concert? How many times could you see the one song before you're like? I've kind of seen this one song a gajillion times, and no matter, you know, Bertie Higgins. Here's a great example: the Key Largo guy. She's she's not. You go you go to a Bertie Higgins concert. What are you getting a 93 minute version of Key Largo? Yeah, but if you if you go to his concert and he doesn't sing Key Largo, you would feel gypped. Like, that's what you expect from him, right? That's what you expect from Riley Gaines right now. That's her talking point. And she is following the rules of marketing, being clear, concise, and consistent. Oh, I get it. I'm not angry with her. Milk it for as long as you can. Absolutely. But, okay, men should not be in women's sports. Mm -hmm. Next! How are you going to give a speech on that? I mean, didn't we just hit the high points? That's what she's going to talk about, though, because that's what she's doing. Right also, now. Kev and I mm-hmm. uh, had an off off uh, mic conversation about 
whether or not Rand Paul would be fun to hang out with. Mm-hmm. And I'm and giving, you think he drinks a Chardonnay? Well, I just don't think he's a guy that you would want to go to the bar and uh, pound a few brewskis with because I don't see him doing that. Pretty serious guy? Icona Pop, I love it. Vic Ferrari, that's the winner in the YouTube chat. That's exactly who <laughs> I was thinking of. Yes, thank you. Uh-huh. Oh my goodness, that was just such an impromptu conversation we're having here that I could not think of that. <laughs> group's name. Oh my gosh. But my point is, we decided Rand Paul would be horribly boring to hang out with. But you know who would be politician who would be fun to hang out with is that John Kennedy guy from from Louisiana. Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah. He's entertaining. He always has a, a turn of phrase Absolutely. that's fun. But who would be more fun to hang out with if we're if we're talking about Kentucky politicians? Rand Paul or Mitch McConnell? Oh, it's not even close. <laughs> I mean, you could you could dig your uh, Uncle Fester up from the grave and stick him in a bar stool next to you and be f- more fun than Mitch McConnell. Well, the reason I bring up Mitch McConnell is because he recently came out and he said that he's not going anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> of course not. Well, he's very young, Casey. Mm-hmm. What is he? Is he 81? 81. Is that right? Yeah. Let's see. Is, is that yeah. accurate? Okay, so yeah, I got that. I would have won on, on The Price is Right. So yes, he's, he 81. Mm-hmm. he's 81. He's 81. He just had a major head injury of some sort of fall major fall in yeah which was, he had a concussion back in march yes and then most recently he's seen stopping mid-sentence peering off into the great blue yonder having to be ushered off the off the podium by his fellow senators looking utterly confused and then his response is no nah, it's good I'm not going anywhere. I've only been at this for 59 years. I've still got a lot left to give, Casey. So it's being reported that he was at this dinner and uh, there was a whole conversation going on around him and he was just kind of sitting there staring off into space. And some of his aides believe that maybe he needs hearing aids and he's just (laughs) missing part of the conversation. But the governor of Kentucky was recently asked about the possibility of a vacant seat. Uh Uh-huh. His seat, Mitch McConnell's seat. Yeah, that's correct. And uh, Bashar said, it's not vacant. I've talked with McConnell. Well, I've talked to his people, rather, and, and he's doing all right. Well, Bashar's a Democrat. So, like, what sort of that should tell you everything to know. You need to know you've you got a Democrat sticking up for you. You've got the Democrat governor of the state going, no, I've had a lot of really good conversations with McConnell's people. It's fine. I, look. Nothing. There are many, many elderly people who do phenomenal things in society. They contribute in many, many different ways. And we should all love, embrace, and get older people to tell you as many stories about the way the world used to be as you possibly can. However, when you are 81 years old, you should not be running society. And yes, that is also true for Donald Trump. Stop! If you have not accomplished it by 80 or 81 years old, you've had your opportunity. Your role now is elder statesman, Mm -hmm. not elder statesman of the country, Mm -hmm. elder statesman of your family, of your your friends. Give it up. Uh, They're saying that, nope, he's going to serve out his term all is well. But here's the thing. If he needs hearing aids, he is the second most powerful person. Get him some hearing aids so that he can at least hear what is going on. But Casey, you know who needs hearing aids? Lots of people. And you know what they do? You might know they need hearing aids. Hey, I'm sorry. That wasn't 
real clear. I'm going to need hearing aids when I get older because of all these years of having very loud things pumped into my yeah. brain. I mm-hmm. have, I have. It's weird. I have incredible vision, which mm-hmm. we've talked about. 2010 vision. Right. Have I ever told you that story? You're fantastic. About how when I last You're time so I, I got an eye test, I was able to go down to the bottom row, and the person administering the test was like, "Oh my gosh, n- nobody makes it down to the bottom row." And I was reading part of the bottom row. Yeah. I have incredible vision. I cannot hear though. I've accepted. I will have hearing aids when I get older. But you know what? I will also have my mental functions about me. That's someone who needs hearing aids. Boy, that, that those words are sending a little muffled, Casey, or I didn't exactly hear that clearly. Someone who stops mid-sentence and starts peering off into the abyss. That's not just a hearing that's problem. That's not a hearing aids issue. No, I realize that. But I'm saying if he's having multiple issues and one of them is hearing loss... His staff needs to be on this. Like, it's nothing to be embarrassed about. Many people have hearing aids. Get on it. Like, why? What do these people get paid for? They're part of the staff. Help take care of this guy that needs taking care of. 17 minutes after 11. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Casey. Yeah? Question. What? This is a tough one. Okay. Take your time. Yeah. What's 12 times 3? Mm, 36. You're so good. The answer's right in front of me. Follow-up question. Ready? <laughs> what? How would you like to get a 36% bonus when you invest your money? Yes, please. So if you invest $100,000, you'd get a $36,000 bonus. If you invest $200,000, you'd get a $72,000 bonus. Hey, it's Kendall and Casey, and not only can you get a 36% bonus, you can also get a competitive return, an average of 7% a year for the past 10 years. Plus, your money is backed by one of the largest insurance companies in the world. To learn more, call Bill Demery. He's your retirement guy right here in Indy at 317-932-9912. This 36% bonus won't last long. So call 317-932-9912. That's 317-932-9912. Past performance is no guarantee of future returns. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. They call the allegations insulting and hurtful. It is 20 minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So have you heard the story? The former NFL star, Michael Orr, he saying that his, the Tuies never really adopted him and they actually put him under a conservatorship and they're scammers and schemers and they took money from him. This is wild. So if you have ever seen, so this guy, Michael Orr, as you're talking about, played in the National Football League. It was an incredible story, which was actually made into a movie. Sandra Bullock mm-hmm. um, starred in the in the movie about this guy who was brought in and you know adopted by this family, and then becomes this great. You know, he wasn't like he's not a Hall of Fame NFL player, but a, a guy who. I mean, it was just a phenomenal story that was such a big deal that it was made into, you know, a major, major motion picture. And it got all sorts of acclaim. And now, all these years later, which is very weird that it took all this time, this this guy, the NFL player or is trying to say, well, this was all a big giant scam and they didn't actually adopt me. And it was just this conservatorship and they were just doing it to take my money. And so it's like what you know what took so long and 
is this just another example, Casey, of how you just can't believe in anything anymore? Yeah. So the movie was The Blind Side. And if this is all true, that's so disappointing because I enjoyed that movie. But Michael Orr, he's saying that they they never adopted him. Uh, they, They... talked him into signing this so that they could profit off of him. And they've also turned over the rights to his life story so that that movie could be made. It's like this 14 page petition. Uh, he, he wants an entire write up of all the money that came in and out throughout the years, because he wants to know if he was losing out on some of the money did they keep it yeah and and again you know obviously we see this so many times in our society that things that are feel-good stories or things that make you believe in i kept as i was reading this kept thinking about how much it kind of reminded me of lance armstrong and i realized these two mm-hmm. things are not related he was a cyclist this guy's a football player this is about you know being loved and and propped out of terrible circumstances but lance armstrong sort of embodied um, Americans believing in something and someone. It was this incredible story of this guy who was a great athlete, who had had cancer, who overcomes cancer. He's got this foundation that raises a gajillion dollars. He's the most f- famous athlete in the world. And it is, you know, just incredible fall from grace when it's realized not only did you cheat, you lied about cheating. And this kind of has that same ring to it, if indeed these accusations are true of these people did this incredible thing. They helped this kid out. It gets him out of this these terrible circumstances. And maybe in reality, they were just scamming and scamming and scheming if the allegations are to, to be believed to help to help themselves. Yeah. Sean Tui said that they did that so that he was eligible to play football at the University of Mississippi and the blind side the movie. Uh, Oscar-winning film grossed $309 million. And uh, how much of those royalties did he get? He's saying, not enough. Yeah. Not enough. So you don't know. It'll it'll work itself out in court. You, you, you don't know whether he's painting an accurate portrayal. Well, he's saying he didn't find this out until February of 23. Well, that's kind of weird, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, you would think if somebody makes a movie about you, and he's, by the way, he's a grown-ass man with this, when like this 30, movie. 37 now. Well, yeah, so I'm saying even in 2009 when the movie was made, that well, whatever that was, that was 14 years ago or whatever. So he's a grown-ass man, an adult. Wouldn't you, a person of any sort of reasonable intelligence, be like, Hey, where's my check? Mm. I mean, if you if you've got enough checks to get Sandra Bullock into your movie, you've got a check for the person the movie's about. Wouldn't there be a giant? And he's written books about all this and everything else. So something doesn't exactly sit right with me on this. So let's see how it all kind of plays out. Okay. In more football news, there's a Native American group that is calling on the Washington Commanders to change their name back to the Redskins. <laughs> This Native American group is saying you cannot erase history. I love this because the media and the left always paints this picture that everyone is offended anytime they're offended by something. And throughout that whole process with the Washington Redskins, there were numerous, you know, Native American groups who came out and said, no, we're not offended by that at all. And they were very quickly made aware, you don't count. Mm -hmm. The only people who counted this are the people who are offended by it. I mean, 
when when Dan Snyder, who just sold the team, owned the Redskins, he used to have Native American groups who would sit in the owner's box with him all the time, and they loved it. They loved it. The majority of people absolutely did not care about this, and the left just needs Made to. Made it a thing. They need to be perpetual victims and have people who are perpetually victimized and told, oh my gosh, you poor, terrible people, and they listen to who they want to listen to, and that's why it's stupid that they gave in to these people because no matter what they did, it wasn't gonna it wasn't gonna satisfy people anyway. Snyder found that out the hard way based on how he was basically forced to sell his team. Now, hard to be sympathetic for some dude who got a six billion dollar check written to him in the process, but this should be the lesson to people. If, unless you are sorry about something, never say you're sorry. Because no matter what you do or how much you apologize, it's never good enough for these people because they always need to be a victim or find someone who is victimized. Okay, so this group has more than 80,000 people who have signed the petition. And we'll see if they change their name back. And I know we're running late, but I want to get to this so we can have the uh, trifecta, the hat trick. Oh, perfect. Uh, Different sport. Great. But another football story, Peyton Manning is what? He's going to go teach now at University of Tennessee? What else does he have to do with his time, Casey? So Peyton Manning, anybody who lives around here will obviously know that he is one of the most famous football players who ever lived. And before he was an Indianapolis Colt, he was a a member of the University of Tennessee, a uh, outstanding football player there. And it has come out that the College of Communications and Information has appointed Peyton Manning as a professor of practice Mm. uh, for the fall semester of 2023. And uh, look, I I guess that that doesn't mean he's actually teaching a class. What it means is he's going to be popping in to various classes and doing various work with the college faculty and and taking a bunch of interns for his Manning cast. Yeah, so good on him, man. I mean, Peyton Manning is a very likable guy. He's obviously capitalized on his, obviously his success on the football field, but also his personality outside of football. He's had many successful business ventures and good on him. I mean, wouldn't that be cool to be taking a class? Hey, your guest lecturer today. It's Peyton, Peyton Manning. Manning. Heck yeah, they'd be crowded. You'd, yeah, I love that. I think uh, this is great. Yeah. Well, that's what his degree is in. It's in speech communication. So this isn't just out of nowhere. It is 1128. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. She said that she is not good. It is 1133. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So I'm talking about Bruce Willis's wife. Her name is Emma Hemming. And you know, Bruce Willis, he is uh, suffering from dementia. He's struggling with that right now. And his wife came out and said that, no, she's not doing good. Uh, A lot of people see her and she's on social media and she looks like she's got it all together and she's doing very well with everything, managing through. And she's saying, yeah, no, that's, that's what social media does. And she really is not doing good. It's very hard for her and her family. Well, any person who has had to take care of someone with dementia will tell you what a emotionally and physically draining experience that is because uh, look there are all sorts of terrible Ill, you know illnesses out there terminal illnesses cancer things of that nature and those are horrific and awful too but i think and i can say this from experience dementia may be the worst because physically oftentimes especially early on in the process now dementia will progress in most cases to a point where people can't take care of themselves etc but you look at them and they look the same 
Mm-hmm. They, the physical appearance, et cetera, the same, but they're not the same. And it is like some bizarre, you know, awful, you know, it's like an episode of Impractical Jokers, except it's real, where you're sitting there and this person looks identical to the person you saw throughout much of your life and yet they can't form coherent sentences they can't carry on conversations they certainly in many cases can't take care of themselves anymore and you just want to like shout at them and go hey wake you know wake up right and and so as someone who is obviously a primary caregiver for someone and especially when it's some super vibrant person like Bruce Willis who obviously was incredibly charismatic a really nice guy by all accounts very charitable you know really loved kids that is probably an incredibly hard thing to deal with on a daily basis. Yeah, it's called the long goodbye. Yeah. And because of the population of people within the boomer age group, many people in the healthcare industry are calling it a silver tsunami yeah. of dementia and Alzheimer's. Well, and look, and here is one of the hardest parts of someone who has had dementia I have no idea the specifics of, of Bruce Willis's condition. We have seen videos of him posted like at a birthday party where he appears to be mm-hmm. pretty coherent mm-hmm. or, you know, recognize people around him, etc. Didn't look any different than a normal birthday party might be. And, you know, thankfully that appeared to be one of his good days. And that's what will be is in this case for her, probably one of the hardest things is the day to day. You somebody will go to bed and you have no idea how they're going to wake up the next day. Will they wake up and it'll be a good day? Will it wake up and, and it'll be a good hour? And it can change like that. I mean, it is, and I hope and pray if you have not had to deal with this in your family, you never do because it is, I mean, it is just the absolute worst thing to, to, to deal with as a, as a caregiver. So Bruce Willis's wife, Emma, she says that she is struggling, but here she gives advice almost and I thought that this was a nice way of looking at it she says that she looks for something beautiful every day to cheer her up oh I know it looks like I'm out living my best life I have to make a conscious effort every single day to live the best life that I can um I do that for myself I do that for our two children and Bruce, who would not want me to live any other way. So I don't want it to be misconstrued that like I'm good because I'm not, (laughs) I'm not good, but I have to put my best foot forward for the sake of myself and my family. She's 45 years old, Bruce Willis, 68. All right, let's talk about uh, this latest article about the U.S. seeing the biggest ever spike in homelessness as a country, a record 11% increase in a year. Nearly 600,000 people, they're called rough sleepers. The ones you've seen them in the videos uh, in, many times in San Francisco and in Oakland, uh, sleeping out on the sidewalks. They're calling it hotbeds for drug tourists who are flocking to these cities. Yeah. And those of you who are longtime listeners know that we've really talked about this at length on, on various incarnations of the show over the years. There are really three types of issues with homelessness or perceived homelessness in a major metropolitan city. And you've got to deal with each of them differently. And this is the problem when it comes to tackling homelessness. There are people who are legitimately homeless. 
like they have lost a job, they have had an addiction issue, they have, you know, had a mental issue of some sort, and they are legitimately homeless. And if you were to help them, they would be could get back on their feet. They can put on a suit. They can go to an interview. They can clean up. And those are the people that I think often should be targeted in terms of when we talk about legitimate homelessness. Those are the sort of people the Salvation Army tries to help every year during our, our you know, radiothon. And that's why that's such a great organization. The other two are very different, though. And that is uh, you have Panhandler Guy. Mm. And Panhandler Guy, I have zero tolerance for. And those people are scum of the earth. And those are the people who will perceive, give you a perception they're homeless. And then they'll go get in a car and they'll go home at the end of the day. Those people are the scum of the earth and I have zero tolerance for them. And you should never, ever, 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 ever give those people money. And then the third one is what we've kind of called drugged out zombie guy. And drugged out zombie guy needs a whole new level of help because drugged out zombie guy might have a shot you don't know that's the problem because they are often so far gone on whatever substance they become addicted to Mm -hmm. and those are the people who really scare you the most because generally homeless people who are legitimately homeless and panhandler guy because panhandler guy doesn't want to go to jail will not be harmful to you. Drugged out zombie guy is the one you've really got to be worried about. Yeah, and a lot of this comes back to mental illness. Yeah. Which is... Yeah, you're right. Uh, and the addiction, like you said. Okay, so there's also a, uh, a new crackdown in Florida. It's a new law. Could see drivers hit with five years in jail and a $5,000 fine for traveling with certain types of passengers. And those passengers are illegal immigrants. I love it. You got someone in the carts breaking the law and you know it. You should be held accountable. I love this. All right. When we come back, Casey. Yeah. Government's out of control. Government's weaponizing itself against people. And it's happening more and more in the public meetings now, in the public sphere. You have some experience in this. What legal recourse do you have? What legal recourse do I have, Uh Casey? We're going to bring one of the best in the business. Mark Rutherford's going to join us to talk about what legal recourse you have. If the government, I don't know, weaponizes the police on you for asking how something gets on the agenda. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. With some folks say they're gonna hang them so high Cause you just can't do what he did There's some things you just can't You know, when the government is awful to you, you don't did. just have to sit around and Take it, 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey's here. And you know, Casey, yeah. we've talked about this many times on our show before. The government these days at all levels, they're simply out of control. You know, when you go to these meetings and you get kicked out, I'm always saying to you, all right, I got cash on yeah. hand if I need to bail you out. I don't even know if that works anymore or if that's a thing, but let's find out. Well, you know, we chuckle about this because, look, I'm a big boy and I can, I can fight back and, you know, when the town council president in Brownsburg weaponizes the police on me. He lives to fight another day and tells people, boy, that really was a mistake from the 10 gajillion emails I guess he got and various other correspondence. But a lot of people can't, Casey. A lot of people have no recourse. They don't know when the government puts their thumb on them. But we got a guy Mm -hmm. who knows what to do if you feel you've been wronged by the government. And he is one of the great attorneys in central Indiana, the wonderful, the fabulous, 
Mark Rutherford. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Thank you, Rob. All right. So we were talking the other day, and I thought, man, this might be a great conversation because, Mark, you, I love you for various reasons. One of them is you are absolutely 100% not afraid to sue the government if they agree against the populace. You've done that many times. Yes, I have. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, well, you know, what, what are our options here? What options do people have? And you said, well, let's let's talk about it. So it, let's start with this. First of all, it seems like more often now, and I'm not just talking about me, we, we've seen it happen at various levels of government here in Indiana, across the country. The government is throwing people out of meetings. They're they're uh, not allowing them to speak. It seems like the government is getting more aggressive with the populace. Am I wrong on that? No, I don't think so at all. You're, they are getting more wrong. And interesting enough, the legislature of Indiana, the General Assembly, addressed a couple years ago at school board meetings by requiring public comment in school board meetings. I just hope they require public comment in all meetings now, and they go that direction. But people are being thrown out for reasons that are not uh, pursuant to the law, aren't correct. You can go and speak at a public meeting in Indiana. It's uh, in the open door law, public meetings have to be open to anybody who wants to go there. Now, you can have some limits, but you can't do something like have a room for five commissioners uh, and and one uh, a guest. You've got to have rooms that kind of meet what the crowds are for that. And if you go there, you should be allowed to be there, and you should not be kicked out unless you're disorderly. And disorderly is something that means that you're being rude, obnoxious, but it has nothing to do with what you said. It has to do with yelling. It has to do with pounding. It has to do with throwing things about going and charging the uh, the, the the president or chair of the board. Those are things that are disorderly. But going and saying, "What's the agenda? What are you planning on doing?" <laughs> they have two choices: to sit there and take it, or to say. Well, I'll answer your question. Beyond that, they just have to listen to you for a few, a minute or two. The problem we have, though, is that public comment is not required in public meetings except for school board meetings. And Arizona, for example, requires at least two minutes for everybody in attendance. And I've talked to people who I know out there, and sometimes they'll have two and a half hours of public comment. And guess what? The elected officials or the appointed officials there, they just sit there, they take it or respond or whatever, but at least citizens get to blow off steam and tell what's on their mind. Okay, so what happens if somebody goes and they're making a public comment and it's not rude and it's not out of line and it's not putting anybody else in danger, yet they're still escorted out of the meeting by <laughs> police officers? Well, you, there's what you can do. One is the first step that I like to take is you send a letter to the presiding officer saying, this is wrong, what are you going to do about it? And you can have an attorney help you do that. To, 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 to do that. You also have a right to sue. Now, your damages may not be a lot. Damage Damages are money to make you feel better. What well, makes you feel better? 50 bucks? Is that worth hiring a lawyer to do that? But sometimes you want to hire a lawyer because what they're doing is so wrong to do that. You can get what's called injunctive relief. You can go to a court, a federal or state court, and say, this is wrong. This violates the law. I want an order saying you can't do this. You need to set procedures, and you need to have procedures that are proper in what you're going to do about people who are speaking their mind. And I've got to tell you, the, there's, a very, there's some very, very famous cases out of Indiana in the early 70s about being arrested. And basically, the court said, well, you know, that language is pretty offensive, but guess what? It wasn't disorderly. You can speak your mind. You can, get, you can give a, a symbol with your finger to somebody and say, I don't like you. You can speak your mind. But that's not disorderly. That's not disrupting the proceedings. 
things. That's a comment, a speech. And you have to be able to do that and let that do that. The problem is a lot of these boards, a lot of these uh, uh, elected officials meetings is that they may start being prone to not having public comment. But I see what happens with public comment. It diffuses things. It gives people a chance to get things off their mind out in the open. And it, it really makes things a lot easier in the long run. It's just that there's going to be some moments of very unhappiness sitting there. Um, I'm, I'm an appointed official. I'm a chair of a, of a commission. And we're very good, I think, in public comment. But occasionally you hear some things, you're going, you're wrong. But you just sit there and you go, okay, well, thanks for your opinion. I appreciate it. Mark Rutherford is our guest, one of the fabulous uh, attorneys here in central Indiana. And uh, look, Mark, people are now beginning to put some dots together here as we're having uh, this conversation. And look, what I decide to do going forward will be determined. And, you know, maybe you and I are going to team up together in a court of law sometime soon. Maybe not yet to be determined. Uh, But here is here is the thing, you, you know, you and I have talked about this offline. Governments are totally out of control and they are willfully abusing people because they think they can get away with it. And the truth is more people need to stand up because if more people stand up, they'll stop doing this crap and they'll keep doing it until the populace pushes back on them. That's correct. I mean, you do have to push back. And sometimes it's more than just what you'll get from damages and money. Sometimes you, as a citizen, good citizens fighting back stop things if they will fight back. I've known somebody who was arrested for doing something that probably was a little rude, but it was free speech. And I think that made a huge difference in what that this person had the wherewithal to sue, to stop it, and it settled things down. In fact, I've known many people who have done that, who've spoken up about it. Uh, Either they go to the social media, or they file a lawsuit, or they send a letter. Um, I send a lot more letters where we get a satisfactory answer from the elected officials or the appointed officials, and it seems to that we don't have a problem again. Mark, Mark, I have a question for you. Yeah, you uh, deal with very reasonable, uh, wonderful people all the time, not people who uh, the government has like a personal grievance, maybe a town or city council against them. What if you're dealing with someone who is absolutely despised by the governing body in question because the citizen makes them look like idiots on social media and in the meetings on the regular? What are the odds we get a satisfactory result by sending a nice letter? Oh, what are the odds? It depends on the person who's the chair. Sometimes they realize they made a mistake. The hardest thing for government people to do, in my opinion, is to admit they're wrong. Because no one wants to admit, as a government official, that they did something wrong. But if they did that a few more times, the citizens might be a lot happier and go, oh, I get it. So I'm wondering, you mentioned, okay, in these county council meetings, city council, board meetings, is there a chance that the people sitting on the board don't know? That yes. they can't be doing that? Oh, my gosh. The stories of that I could tell you about all types of things being done wrong and somebody stepping up and going, but Indiana code blah, blah, blah says this. And they go, oh, we're wrong. <laughs> that happens occasionally. And it's because citizens or other people stepped up and said, this is what the law is. You need to look at it more closely. The, the law is complex. There's volumes and volumes of it. So, of course, sometimes people are not going to know all of it. But it's important that they be open to being told that they're wrong. And then they go, 
I'll, I'll, I'll correct it. So, Mark, look, and I don't want to, you know, potentially just, uh, you know, put you on the spot here, but I, I'm just saying, let's say someone had gone to a <laughs> had gone to a, a, a town council meeting on a, a town on the west side of the uh, of Indianapolis and had just simply said, I would like to know how items get on the agenda uh, during the section of the meeting where comments are supposed to be related to the agenda. Uh, the Let's say the council president became unhinged because of comments the uh, commenter had made on social media about his inability to do his job and ordered the police to throw that person out of the meeting. Well, then the commenter in question who was removed by the police for simply asking how does something get on the agenda, he might have a winnable case. Yes. The thing is, you have to look at it to see what it is that you want. But if you go and you make that point, then you might stop that from ever happening again, or at least with the current people who are on the the council. Well, you know, Casey, if there were just someone who really wasn't in it for money, per se, and was just in it to be a patriot and just in it to uh, prevent terrible government from winning, boy, if there was any person like that hmm. uh, where money meant absolutely nothing to them and they had just tons of free time on their hands, boy, that'd be a wonderful one. I think it? that's the caveat. Nothing, Money means nothing to them. <laughs> Well, hey, Mark, you are a phenomenal man, and uh, hopefully, maybe we can be working together here in the uh, the near future to prevent <laughs> bad government from succeeding. You are absolutely the best and phenomenal. Oh, thank you, my friend. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Casey. Thanks for coming in today. We appreciate that. And thank you for listening today. That's going to do it for us. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And we'll catch you back here tomorrow. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.